0: Welcome to Brazen Education with Educator Barnes, a podcast with a focus on speaking your truth, being transparent to help others, and having no shame about it. Because we can't move forward until the truth is known. Today's episode is called Dealing with Colleague Drama. For the majority of my career, I've worked in the middle school setting. And unfortunately sometimes you find out that your colleagues act just like they are in middle school so i'm going to focus on a few areas of drama that i have experienced in the school setting so i'm going to focus on rumors conflict competition snitches and socializing and i'll close it off with offering some solutions throughout the way so let's start with rumors you wouldn't think working in a school that you as a teacher would be involved in rumors at your school. Typically, you know, work in the middle school, even elementary setting, because I've worked in elementary, middle school, and high school, all three of those settings. You know, there's rumors amongst the students. So-and-so said this about this person, this person said that. And so a lot of times what you do if you're a good teacher and you have a strong relationship with students, you hear all these rumors, you try to help students navigate them. You know, is it true? Don't worry about it. But I would say about four or five years into my career. That's when I, um, became, um, part of rumors. Actually, let me take this back. The first time I was involved in rumors was actually the second year in the classroom. So. I uh, talk a lot about my struggle with infertility. So if you read what I write, you know, I talk about that a lot. And when I first I found out that I had issues officially during the second year of being in the classroom, which is my second year being married to my husband. So I started going to appointments and seeking treatment. Because part of the thing when you find out you have this infertility diagnosis, if you have that diagnosis, you have other things happening with your body that contributes not only to your infertility, but it contributes to your health. And part of the reason I went to go look was, A, you know, we, were, we weren't really necessarily trying. We wanted to have kids. Um, so we were just like, well, this is where it happens happen. But also I was dealing with a lot of chronic pain and my husband. Was like, look, you need baby to go get this looked at. So I was was missing work, not a lot, maybe an hour here and an hour there where this rumor started that I was pregnant, which is the worst rumor to have about you at a school when you can't get pregnant. And this meeting, I worked in a charter school at the time and this meeting was called and we had this rule at the school where uh, it was illegal for three or more people to gather because that was a meeting. And if it was an official meeting, you were doing something against the school policy. So they were like, "Shantae, you need to come to such a room. And I'm like, I'm looking at my agenda, and I was the team leader at the time. And I'm like, we don't have a meeting. And I'm freaking out because I'm like, did I forget something? Go to the room, and it was just my colleagues wanting to know if I was pregnant. So it made me really frustrated because I'm like, first of all, I don't want to even talk about this at work. Second of all, now y'all want to gather up on me because y'all have been spreading this rumor that I didn't even know about until I got confronted with this information. So that was the first time I dealt with the rumor. And I told them actually what was going on with me. That I wasn't pregnant. I was getting help to get pregnant. And that was that. But the next school I worked at, when I finally got pregnant um, after uh, uh, going through infertility treatment for years, My doctor suggested because I didn't know all the things that were going on or what could happen. They're like, you know, you may want to wait until you at least get past the first trimester, you know. So if you miscarry, you won't have to tell people that you lost the baby. So I only body I told was my principal and the sister principal. So nobody else knew I was pregnant, but. I ended up being, being, uh, being pregnant with twins. So I was out a lot and I just had a lot of health issues. It, I'm, I am <laughs> a five two. And when I got pregnant, I was probably like 110 pounds. So I'm petite and then there's two babies and things just weren't going well. So I was out a lot and people started spreading all types of rumors about me. You know, I was, uh, dying. I had a terminal illness I had cancer and the rumors were going rampant and the difference between last time the last time I didn't know people thought I was secretly pregnant and I was going then they thought that's why I was uh, at the appointments until I got confronted this time I knew what the rumors were because just like kids you know when someone's talking about somebody you always got that kid that has to go back and tell everybody what everyone's saying I had colleagues like that that were telling me what people were saying and I'm just like, I, I don't care because that's what, you know, that's kind of how I live my life. I'm like, what, say whatever, but it was just annoying because I'm walking down the hall and people were looking, and I, and, and I'm not to defend their behavior. I didn't look so good. Um, I was, I had started to show, but people didn't know it because I was strategically dressing, but I was really ill. Um, later on in the pregnancy, I had to get two blood transfusions. There was a lot of stuff going on. So. Physically, I didn't look well, so it did I appeared that something wasn't right. And once I got rushed out of the school during my pregnancy in the ambulance, my principal was like, "Hey, do you want to say something? You don't have to," and I was just like, "You know what? Well, forget this." Um, they had this little breakfast every month, and I never went to it. Uh, you had to come in early for work. And I was just like, no. You know, people are talking about me. I don't want to sit down and, uh, what, eat a pitch-in breakfast with y'all? No. I said, fine, just drop, the, drop it, tell them at the little breakfast. So then it was this awkward. thing to pick. I'm like, no, don't don't try to talk to me. And if there are rumors, the best advice I could give you is if you have a situation, like my principal come and asked me, that you're going to squash the rumor, just squash it and keep it moving forward. Um, I'm the type of person... If you don't have nothing better to do with your time than to talk about me, then we're not gonna have a further conversation after that. And so I heard through the grapevine who started stuff, whatever, at this point in time, even to this day, I didn't address those people because I don't have time for that. I'm at school to teach. So if you're dealing with rumors and you can get to the bottom of it and squash it, do it. If you can't, just keep it moving. And if your school is a den for that type of foolishness and rumors and people talking about people, then that may not be the school for you. The second um, issue uh, that we a lot of us face is conflict with people. Believe it or not, everyone doesn't have the same ideas about educational practices and sometimes you may have conflict, especially If you're in the high school setting, you're in departments, so you gotta agree on stuff. If you're in the middle school uh, setting, you may be team, and all the middle schools I ever worked in, we were team. And if you're in the elementary uh, setting, you have grade level teams. So it doesn't matter what setting you are in school, you're going to be on the team. And at some point in time, you are not going to agree on what to do next. That could be where to take a field trip. It could be what to teach next. It could be which novel, and for me i when i think about conflict i think about is this the hill you know i want to die on and if it is i'm gonna fight for it so my first advice if you're having conflict with someone and you're adamant about your viewpoint uh don't step down for the sake of preserving um something because sometimes uh you are right i remember um, there was a time when the department's like oh we're gonna you can either teach uh non or historical fiction well, what I didn't know was uh, for years, the book was Anne Frank and everybody was going to teach it. So there really wasn't an option. And they said it was an option. I decided to use Change by Laurie House Anderson because I was teaching eighth grade at the time. They just did a whole thing about the American Revolution. And so this book tells uh, the story of the American Revolution through the eyes of a girl who is a slave. And I'm like, you know, I'm teaching majority uh, students of color. Most of those students of color are black. This will be perfect to give them a different lens to look through. And it met the requirement. Well, I turned into, well, Shantae's doing her own thing. Didn't y'all just say we had a choice? And so I had two options in this situation. Fall back and be like, oh, sorry, guys. You know, I'll do what you guys are doing or stand my ground. And so I decided to stand my ground. So there were some people there, man. Oh, you're denying students the opportunity to uh, read about Anne Frank and they won't know about the Holocaust. Actually, I do book talks in my classroom. I, that's something I love to do is talk about books. And that's why my students, on average, uh, my, it's in a reference letter my principal wrote. On average, my students read 35 books independently during the school year. So that happens because I promote reading like no other. I did a book talk about Anne Frank. A third of my students read the book. And a lot of my other students read things about the Holocaust. So they didn't get denied the opportunity to learn about the Holocaust. So when you have conflict, you have to uh, stay on your ground if you are passionate about it. And then if it's not that deep, don't make it that deep. We've all been in meetings with people who everything is an issue. They're making everything so big. You know, maybe we, uh, we're going to take a filter. It's time we're going to take a filter. I'm like, I don't even know if this good. I don't want to do this. But you know what? It wasn't that deep. I'm like, fine, we can go to this place. I'm not going to make it a big deal. Uh, sometimes you may have one-on-one conflict with people. My best advice is if you have one-on-one conflict and it doesn't involve the team, don't let it fester. Schedule a time to meet with that person and talk it out. Do not go back and forth with people in the email. And people know me. If someone has an issue with me and they send me a little email about it, I will respond back to the email to try to clear up stuff. And i make it really short and simple. If the person replies back, like they don't like what I said or they keep trying to go on, i reply back. Uh, I'm not I'm no longer going to respond to this issue via email here sometimes I'm available when would you like to talk two things happen in this situation the first thing oh it's fine Uh, Shantae, it's cool I I, I don't cuz some people you got some people where I like to say they have electronic courage they will go all up in the email and tell you about yourself and come at you the minute you say let's talk face to face they get all scared and everything is cool so just saying that, saying let's be in person, sometimes you squashed the conflict right there because they wasn't really trying to have a conversation with you. They were just trying to threaten you electronically. But the flip side, the person may be like, yeah, because the thing about email is delayed. You're going back and forth. And then sometimes Uh, for me, even though sometimes sometimes you get in a situation where you need to send a longer email, a lot of people are like, Shantay, man, you know, I how much no I write all the time so I write anywhere from 12 to 15 articles a month for several public uh, several publications combined so I write articles almost every other day so for me to whip back an email no matter how short or long it is it doesn't take me that much time at all it's just I'm good at just putting things down on the page so I'm like yeah um, it wasn't that deep you asked these questions I responded but um, didn't take that much time. But some people, they they don't took a whole hour to tell you about themselves. And so sometimes it's easier to talk to them <laughs> in person. Go back and forth right there. You get it all out. Come to some um, uh, situation. The other thing that may happen. You you do that. You you done the email. I'm not talking to you no more. Email. Person meeting with you in person. Still have conflict sometimes unfortunately you may have to bring an administrator depending on what it is and twice in my career i had to bring in bring in an administrator to mediate a situation and normally what i do if you have to bring an administrator because you have a conflict with a colleague don't blindside your principal when i foresee that something's going the wrong way because you're trying to mediate yourself just bring your principal into the loop and be like you know this is what's happening I don't want, you, and I always start off by telling the principal, I don't want you to do anything right now. I'm just making you aware that I'm trying to mediate this situation. But just in case, I do have to bring you in at least you know what's going on, because sometimes I've done that and I don't have to bring the principal in. And I'm like, and I'll circle back. Hey, it's cool, we worked it out. But you don't know, remember your principal has so many things he or she is trying to get done, so they don't have time to get caught up on your weeks, month long drama with somebody and hopefully you're not having a month long drama. But if you do, sometimes it's uh, good to have a third party. And if you don't have a good relationship with your principal, maybe that third party is another person um, on your team or another person in the school that both of you trust and you can work it out. But the main thing is don't let conflict fester because then, you know how we are. Then you'll get extra petty. You see the person in the hallway. I'm not speaking until the, the day. Oh, they in the staff lounge. Well, I'm not going to eat in here because someone's like, then you just get extra it just turns into something that will need to be. The next uh, a way we have drama at the workplace is competition. Now, I'm going to be uh, completely transparent. I would say up until recently, I've gotten comfortable speaking about that I'm a good educator. I would always like say that I was average or just okay. And everybody's like, no, Shantae, you're really, you're good. Like, you do good things in the classroom. I'm like, no, nah, you know, I'm just out here. And, then I would, and at this point in time, I'm in the classroom, so I wasn't coaching teachers. I wasn't an e and teacher at the time go, going to different rooms. So when you're in your own room, you just assume that your principal hired good people and everybody's doing their job. Uh, when I got out into the classroom and um, started coaching, that's when I found out, oh, <laughs> some of y'all people, what, what are you doing? You, mm, yeah, no, mm-mm, you find out that some people, they can't teach, or they think they teach but they not. And so when people started saying that, I started having conflicts, um, or, uh, people were, like, threatened by me because of the, my data, and I was, because you, I've been in meetings, and my, um, I've been in meetings where they ranked our data by the top data, or they just put our names up alphabetically, and... My last name is Barnes. So if they did it alphabetically, my name is at the top of the thing anyway, and you'll see my data. Or if they did it by who had the best data, a lot of times I was at the top. And so, you know, people would, you know, uh, would say things, and I, I would go to meetings and I wouldn't talk, you know. And I have principals that like to cold call me, you know. give you have that student to talk? Oh, let's call them. So let's use that tactic in the staff meeting. Shante, what do you think about this? So I would share something, and I would get like an eye roll of, hmm, and I'm just like, what, why Why are you doing that? I wasn't even, look, do you understand? I was over here taking notes in my notebook, uh, secretly checking my phone, seeing it, it, what notification was on there, like I was not trying to speak up. And all of us know some of these meetings are going gone for way too long. I wasn't trying to add no comment. The principal called me and I just responded because what, what do you say when your principal call me, calling you uh, like, no, I don't have any comment. Yeah, that's not appropriate. So a lot of times you have drama, or people just get, they get jealous of you. They can't get the students to achieve the way they want, or they can't manage the classroom. And I especially saw this in the secondary land when you're sharing students. So when they come to my classroom, things not popping off like they're popping off in your classroom. Now now you have a problem with that, or, or, uh, or you being in a meeting, um, like a team meeting or something. Well, shante how do you get so-and-so to do this and i'll share some strategy hmm. well i'm not doing that well uh good for you for doing all that but I, i'm like why are you good why are you moving your head like that? and, and all and i got that extra little tone in your voice so look you just, if you are that person and people are competing with you don't worry about it the only person i compete with in education is myself I'm trying to better myself as a teacher because I know it'll make my s- students better. So if people are trying to compete with you, they're making little side comments or they saying, you know, oh you doing too much? Cause I hear that a lot. at so you doing too much? I always, you always implementing something new. I always, I like that stuff I say. Why are you worrying about it? Worry about yourself. Maybe that's why you can't achieve stuff because you're too busy worrying about what I'm doing across the hall than what's going on in your own classroom. Now, I don't say that because, like, like I said, that will start drama. Um, we're just trying to avoid that. But I think to myself, you so much worried about what's happening in my room and getting an attitude about it when you could be worrying about what's happening in your room. And maybe if you implemented some of the things I was doing, maybe you would have less stress. But uh, that's just me. The next one snitches, and yes, I call them snitches. You know those people every time you do something they running back and telling somebody or they uh sending you an email and blind sending administrators now look most of the time you figure out real quick who those little blind senders are who are always blind sending stuff, always tattling on folks whatever um I had a person um because um, one of the strategies I use, sometimes I give kids, I would give kids breaks. And so now, look at me. I don't prearrange for this kid to go to the library, or prearrange for this kid to go somewhere. And I uh, got an email from the assistant principal. To, Can you explain to me why so and so has been in the library x amount of times? I was like, Huh? What? What? How? How did? Because first of all, this particular assistant principal, this email came from. Like this person didn't even evaluate me, like had only been in my classroom one time out of the years I had been in the school. So how you even know? And so um, I responded back to the email. I'm like, I'm not for sure what you're getting at. Can we talk in person? Because I was like, I don't know what this is about. And so once I talked to the assistant principal, the assistant principal didn't give up who it was. But essentially. Uh, he said, "Well, you know, someone had a concern uh, that students were out of your class too much," and I and I, and I was like, "Was the student doing something?" Because now, look, I told my kids straight up, if I let you go to break somewhere and you acting a fool in the hallway from my classroom point A to point B, it's you done. You're not going anywhere. So they know I don't play about that. So I'm like, "Did they do something? Let me know so uh, so I can uh, get, get with them." Oh, 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 oh no, Mrs. Barnes. Uh, uh, Some of like this was because uh, so I was just like, "Look." I said, is this, I worked this out. Are you saying this student can't do this? Uh, so I, I'm not exactly sure. And I said, if this person is concerned, they should have directed that towards me instead of reporting to you that this was going on because it doesn't seem that you have an issue about it. I don't have an issue. The person I'm saying the kid to doesn't have an issue. The kid hasn't done anything. So I'm not sure why this is an issue. And so it really makes it hard. There's two uh, facets to this. The first thing is administration. like. To this day, I'm like, this shouldn't have been a conversation. Someone sent you the email. The, the assistant person responding back to their person. Go talk to Shantae. Like, you didn't even need to be involved. Sometimes administrations uh, perpetuate these situations of these snitches because they don't have a good relationship with the staff because you have some principals that kind of got their uh, ear down to the rail. They know what's going on in their buildings. And you have some principals, they only get information from their little snitches and the people that report everything to them. And so some people, they, I don't know, they, they feel good because they report into the principal. I don't know why they do it because I just don't understand that because uh, I don't do it. Um, well, side note, the only time I'm going to say something, if you endanger your students, if you endanger your students, it's not even about you. It's about because there are a lot of things that happens in schools that uh, continue because no one says anything. So if you're doing something that's inappropriate um, with students, about students, uh, this is me cause I had to, there were a like three times in my career I had to make one of those reports. Um, and cause I'm just a bold person. I had a conversation. I'm like, look, what you're doing is not right. I'm going to report this. I told the person because I, I, that's just how I am. I know everybody else is not that bold, <laughs> but I was like, look, this is not right. And, um, so that person was actually that person ended up being, um, not off of their contract back at the end of the year but it was like a really, really bad situation. Um, So if it's like that, there's nothing wrong with reporting. But the type of snitching I'm talking about is just like that tattletale snitching, just tattling on. I mean, somebody told on me because um, I had stood on the desk to hang up something in the hallway because we had to watch this whole little video about safety and in the video, it said you also be standing on the desk. Okay, yeah, I saw the video. Yeah, I know what's was to be standing on the desk. Really? You going to tell the principal that I was standing on the desk in the hallway because you don't got nothing else better to do with your time? All the stuff we got to do in the school. And you thought the best use of your time was to tell the principal I violated what we saw in the video at the beginning of the school year and I was standing on the desk and hanging out something high up in the, in the hallway. Really? Those are the type of people. So... If I know who the person is, I just go have a conversation with them because a lot of stuff can be squashed when you just go address somebody. Cause when you go address somebody, a lot of times these little, uh, little snitches, they don't want to be, uh, they don't want to be addressed. Uh, they don't want you to come talk to them. And a lot of times I just stops it because uh, especially the person that told on me on the desk, I said, really? Oh, Shantae, I'm just looking out for your safety. Uh, Did I fall? Did I fall off the desk? Did I get hurt? No. Okay, I'm I'm safe. I stop. Like if if you really think I'm in danger, come talk to me next time. Don't go get the principal. That's what I said. And I walked up. I said just like that. I was just like no. Socializing, socializing can cause conflict. I am an introvert, and just let me address this. A lot of times when people say they're an introvert, people confuse that with people being shy. I am by no means shy. If you haven't figured that out by now, <laughs> I don't know what will help you get that. I'm not shy. I'm just an introvert and I have a very uh, small uh, circle of friends and I don't necessarily want to socialize with people at work. I may like you and I may like being around you. I may like having conversations with you during a passing period. I may not want to hang out with you and drink a wine with you and talk three hours you know, sometime after work, it doesn't mean I don't like you. I just don't want to do it. So when it comes to socializing, sometimes it can create drama, uh, especially when you're in team and people want to bond and all that stuff. And you just don't want to do it because sometimes I'm like, I've been at work all day, I came in early, stayed a little bit late. And now y'all want to meet up and uh, do something. I worked at a school where they would send this email about choir practice. Choir practice was code for going out to the bar. And so they would say something like, We're having choir practice um today. And there was a it was a place that everybody knew they were going. So they always went to the same place. And they would say at such and such time, Oh, Shantae, you never come out to choir practice. Um <laughs> and I would say some corny crap like, you know, Oh, I'm resting my voice or something like that. I don't want to come out and drink with you guys after work. It's not that I don't like you. I just don't. And I've been at schools where I would just not go to things. I wouldn't even say anything to alleviate drama. Uh, and what really helped some of my colleagues Larry on in my career is with me, just telling them how I felt. I like you guys. I really do. I just don't want to hang out with you all the time. And so what I had to do, because on the flip side, people wanted to get to know me and I didn't think about them. I wasn't being considerate of them. So I would agree to do one or two social things with people at work a year to A, make them feel like they got to know me. And so they didn't think like I was like snubbing them. And then B, it helped me create boundaries for myself. So not every other week, cause uh, especially that choir practice, especially during certain times of the year, I felt like y'all was going to choir practice twice a week. Like I, no. And even that was early in my career with the choir practice thing. And I didn't have kids at the time, but st- still like I was a newlywed, like I want to just, you know, go home and snuggle with my boo. Like, I don't want to be out here uh, with y'all, no offense. I mean, cuddle with my hubby and watch a movie or hang out with y'all. Like, look, uh, you know, to me, it's the an easy answer. So when it comes to socializing, just uh, set your boundaries. And if you go out to socialize, set your boundaries. I, uh, when I go out to socialize with colleagues, I don't drink and I'm not a, huge uh, drinker anyway. But for me, I, I don't drink when I go out and people know that um, if I meet with you one on one. So I have two friends, two very, very close teacher your friends um, that I hang out with a little bit more and I don't even work with them. They we all work in different places now. I'll have a glass of wine with one of them. But we call in the group. I'm not drinking. And. I grow my own food, so I'm very particular <laughs> about what I eat. So if we go out to a restaurant, I may just get an appetizer or I may just get a side of, of Brussels sprouts or broccoli. So I have my boundaries. I don't ever let social situations make me adapt because a lot of people are adapters. Oh, we all go out to drink. Oh, everybody don't have one drink. Let me get a drink. Oh, we going to spend it because sometimes teachers, uh, I don't have any student loan debt, but maybe you pay back loans. Maybe you got other medical bills, things going on. Uh, a lot of times, socializing costs money. So if you don't have the money, don't go out there and be going broke just for the sake of hanging out with people at work. Or be like, can we do something that doesn't cost money? Can we just go to somebody's house, chill, watch a movie? Uh, because I can't afford that right now. And so those are um some of the 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 drama I have navigated in school: dealing with rumors, dealing with conflict, dealing with competition, dealing with snitches and uh, dealing with how to navigate socializing at school. And so hopefully some of the solutions I've offered to navigate those situations you find helpful. If there's other situations, um, uh, colleague drama or if there's a particular type of situation that you want me to specifically address, just let me know. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Educator Barnes. If you are going to talk about the podcast, Um, hashtag it brazen ed so i can keep track of what you're saying uh follow the podcast drop some comments review it if you have suggestions for another uh, uh episode or topic that you would like me to address let me know and i'll catch you on the next episode thanks for listening